Mr. Pranav Maheshwari is a solutions solutions engineer at Edgen Node, the team behind the graph protocol. He was also uh, on the team at Polygon as a solutions engineer beforehand. So he recently made the, in fact, during my show, like that week, he made he announced his transition to Edgen Node. Um, what I really enjoyed about Mr. Pranav is number one, his knowledge of Web 3.0 and decentralization are out of this world. Um, and you could tell when he speak, he is when he's speaking, he is passionate as can be about the, as passionate as I am. You guys have not seen, you guys have seen my energy. His energy is the same. Um, he is a big believer in Web 3.0, but be, more so than that, you're going to hear it during the interview. I asked him about the GRT token. You know, I think that's a lot of things. That's an that's a topic that a lot of people want to know about, right? The GRT token. Um, a lot of people invest in the graph. Will it go up? And he gave me such a beautiful answer. He said, "We're focused on helping the community and improving our protocol. We're not focused on the dollar signs behind our token." And that right there is something to be optimistic about. When a protocol has the belief, has the notion, has the vision of, "Hey, I'm just going to improve." Like, forget about the small stuff, the numbers, like, they'll go up. I'm focused on improving and getting better. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something to be optimistic about. That's something to believe in. Um, that's something that shows, that's a hint at progression. So, without further ado, I'm very excited to cover the graph, explain what the graph is, how it's useful to blockchain. Um, so, I'm very excited for this. Uh, you guys know how, and this is the first of many episodes, Okay, this is the first of many episodes on the graph. So I'm very excited for this. I'm going to stop rambling because I feel like I talk too much at the beginning of these. Let's get into the show. So my yeah. friend, it's very nice to meet you. Um, my name is Sina. Before we get this started, can you please pronounce your whole name once and tell me your role so I can for the marketing, please? Sure, I'm Pranav Maheshwari. Pranav Maheshwari, uh, and I'm a solutions engineer at uh, Edge Node, which you know is the initial team behind the graphs. So, Mr. Pranav, it is beyond a pleasure to meet you. I've been beyond excited to do this episode because I'm a big believer in the graph and what it can do for the crypto space. And I've been looking to cover, do an episode on the graph. I connected with Miss Tegan for a while. I've been bothering her, so it's very nice to do this. Um, I'm going to give you the floor right now. Um, I really want to give do an in-depth episode on what the graph is, because I think it's one of the most underrated and valuable protocols in the crypto space. I think it is one of the most innovative protocols, and I think it can change the entire space as years go by. And I don't know if a lot of my network or peers have the uh, extensive knowledge they need on it. So, Mr. Pranav, to start this off, you said you are a solutions developer at Edge and Node, right? The team behind the graph. Solutions engineer. Yeah. Solutions engineer. Sorry. I'm a solutions engineer. Yes, yeah, <laughs> At Edge and Node, it is the team uh, behind the graph. If you could please start this interview off by kind of describing what Edge and Node is, what the graph is, and what you do uh, as a solutions engineer uh, every day over there. Sure. Sure. Awesome. So I'm a solutions engineer at Edge and Node, which is the team behind the graph. Edge and Node is, you know, currently uh, a team comprising of all the people who are behind the, the graph, you know, foundation and, you know, 
the grau foundation uh, has its thing all and you know agent node has become a company which uh, also empowers the graph and you know is going to do a lot of exciting stuff in the web3 ecosystem of course my uh, my role is a, a solutions engineer at agent uh, uh, node and my day to days include troubleshooting the issues that might come up while interaction and making the dapp developer ecosystem so great that you know if somebody comes to the graph to build some things if he is fa- facing some kind of issues first of all troubleshoot them if they are solved to uh, then to make sure that you know all the necessary uh, requirements that he wants for example you know he needs some help with uh, any kind of technical solutioning or any of those kind of things that are solved for and once that is solved you know to have some coordination with other in- infrastructure providers that we have for example uh, you know we are connected with polygon we are connected with other you know uh, chains for example phantom then we have a really great partner on chainlink which is another you know great pioneer or a great project in the web3 space so to have that kind of partnership is all you know my, uh, a part of my role and i'm enjoying a day of, every day of it So the graph to summarize what you just said as a solutions engineer you're responsible for handling any technical difficulties and making the graph as uh accessible as beautiful as a platform it is uh, as innovative for developers to start building. Um so the opening sentence on the graph's website for my audience it's, people always go on the graph and say what is the graph what is the hype behind the graph? The graph is currently the number 5 or it was the number 5 most popular coin on Coinbase for a while. and it was when it was under a dollar 50 and the people were always asking me what is the graph when you go on their website the graph says specifically the graph is an indexing protocol for querying networks like ethereum and ifps anyone can build and publish open apis or subgraphs making data easily accessible so that sentence alone mr pranav why is that sent how does that sentence describe the graph and why is the graph Mm-hmm. Why is there so much hype behind the graph recently? Why is this regarded as the Google of blockchains, which we will get into later? Correct, correct. So first things first, we are a decentralized protocol, which is a project. So, so the graph is a project for indexing and querying the blockchain, and that is basically our role, right? And we have a token, and thus you know those kind of prize, uh, which we are least concerned of, to be honest. And what we are mostly concerned of is innovation in the project. and making the blockchain stack as decentralized as possible you know so all the things related to price action and all those things we are not even concerned of that or that's not something that you know is of a major interest or of any kind of interest to the graphs and you know the the team behind that for example that is gen node right and the graph totally is focused on making blockchain as decentralized as possible providing all the infrastructure requirements that are uh, you know necessary for making all the kind of stuff for example you know creating things to developing things to everything be possible or via this you know uh, software or this kind of new kind of technology and for that all the kind of software that are required is vault what you know the graph is currently building upon so just to uh, describe what the graph is explain it like what you know explain it like a five you can say what index does does to a book similarly the graph does to the blockchains right explain it like you are 15 you can say that that you know the graph is a way to index or you know it is a way to query the blockchain and make it accessible for the dapp that is being it is being built upon right again i would like to go a little deep for the audience that you know is definitely relating to my point and we can say that uh, you know in in the person if a person is developing on ethereum right he will develop via smart contracts and smart contracts will have three things for example it will have events right and those kind of events need to be uh, indexed 
or the uh, the information that that event is uh, pushing needs to be indexed then there are functions and then there are blocks you know all of them need to be indexed right so there are these kind of entities which need to be indexed then there is a wasm file and then the third thing is the api that's generated all right so if we compile three of them then we can say that you know whenever adapt uh, when whenever subgraph which is you know the entity uh, which is deployed by a dap to make indexing work on the sub uh, on, on on the on the graph protocol whenever he deploys that he mentions that you know this is the contract and these are the particular events that we want to uh, track or traction upon right and the graph node keeps on listening to the blockchain to make sure if this particular event or if the, this particular function is you know getting triggered if that is triggered the second thing that is being uh, developed or dwelled upon is the mapping.ts file or the wasm file which actually uh, 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 listens to you know uh, gets the data right and converts it into the way that you know the api has to be presented upon right so mapping.ts file or the bosom that's created via that mapping.ts file makes the raw data into a, an api format which can be used or implemented by the decentralized application and the last part is the graphql apis using these kind of apis you can you know uh, just put it in the decentralized application and make it work again not to make it very long but i would like to just add one more point to this particular uh, whole infrastructure before the graph what people used to do to query blockchain this is a question that you know might come up the first way that people used to you know up, uh, uh, go for which is really very time consuming and not at all uh, user friendly because they cared about decentralization was that they used to you know a uh, ta ta tackle or just you know keep on uh, reading every block that was present in the blockchain and let's consider this fact that you know let's a, let's say a crypto kitty was created in 2017 and somebody wants to query it via its color and via its breed in 2017 so he will have to query every block in the ethereum blockchain since 2021 to 2017 and you know get that particular crypto kitty which is something very time consuming secondly you know a uh, lot of pressure on the uh, decentralized application that is being built upon right so this was the first way of doing it the second way that people you know some of the uh, bigger companies did was that they made a centralized server which also required its own maintenance and you know about 12 months of development and you know docker hosting and things like that and that also was not first of all the most decentralized and efficient way out yeah. and thirdly you know yeah that, that that's not the value that we are here for so you know that is the reason why we call the graph as a very essential st stack of the blockchain for making dapps truly decentralized right without this uh, the graph or any you know a decentralized indexing protocol the dapp that is being built upon which is having the value of decentralization cannot be called decentralization and that's why we call that you know with chainlinks decentralized oracle for getting information from the outside source to the uh, the, the blockchain and then blockchain being itself decentralized and then putting that information out from the blockchain to the dapp all of these three things have to be decentralized and that is possible only via when you know you you use the decentralized stack which includes you know something like oracle services which is decentralized like chainlink or you know the other people who are decentralizing that part then you know uh, decentralized blockchain that can be something like ethereum or other you know these kind of blockchain and similarly decentralized indexing that is the graph can you repeat the, the, really quickly the three parts that make up the graph before i summarize what you just said just repeat those three parts really quickly sure so the first part that you know uh, uh, that uh, makes it happen is the yml file which consists of 
the events the functions and the block that has to be listened from the, the yml blockchain. file this yeah got you okay the second part is the uh, mapping uh, the, uh, is the mapping.ts file or the bosom file that is created via that mapping.ts file which processes the raw data and makes it you know uh, uh, better for the api to you know uh, handle that and the third part is the uh, you know graphql apis which the dap listens to and uh, you know uh, makes the dashboard yes. available the analytics or the other dashboards available for uh, you know uh, okay. the, the end user so to say yeah. okay so i think i got this so those are the three parts of the yml file uh, did you label it as the bosom file is that what you called it wasm was the wasm yes and then the last one is the api that kind of transmits the information correct those are the three main parts that make up the graph and i love how you uh, thank you so much for that beautiful explanation i was actually going to hint at that is you said you related it uh, to a book think of it for my audience like the graph is a book how do you want to find chapter let's say you want to find a, a particular piece of information in that book you don't know how to get to that page unless you have an index like my friend pranav just said so the graph in this vast blockchain space, which is 100 million times more complicated than a book, just Mr. Pranav just said it would take you before the graph. If you wanted to find a particular piece of information for a project back in like 2017, you'd have to go through each block throughout all those times. And that is just inefficient. Uh, that's not progression. That's not anything. So that's where the graph comes in is it makes finding data on these blockchains, um, very, very easily accessible. It makes a developer be able to get the data that he needs when he needs it. Now, Mr. Pranav, my next question is, does, right. this, does this only apply to Ethereum or does this apply to every single blockchain? So, so like, you know, the graph uh, launched on uh, Ethereum, like, you know, the first blockchain that the graph indexed was Ethereum. But now we are sort of moving, you know, in a multi-blockchain fashion. We believe that the future is multi-blockchain. Right, while Ethereum also playing a big part in it, right. So in that sense, uh, uh, it is not just Ethereum. We are actually kind of you know querying uh, all the sorts of blockchain that you know add to the value of decentralization and related. For example, we have also you know uh, 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 indexed many layer two blockchains or you know what we call as the commit chain blockchains uh, sort of things. For example, we are. Uh, uh, indexing right now arbitrum then we are also indexing polygon phantom cello uh, you know then then coming to other layer one blockchains then we are also you know indexing uh, something like uh, what the near and you know all the uh, all those kind of things so that's you know what actually adds to that part but having that being said that particular analogy that you really like about the book we can if you want to expand that then we can say that you know the blockchain is not one book, but it's a library, right? And you have to find that one particular word, right? How do you do that? Either you go through every book, every page, every word in the library and try to find that out. That's what, you know, if the graph didn't exist, then people would have been doing. Or else you first of all have this particular, you know, index where you'll find that, okay, so this is this is the book where I'll find it. And from that book, you'll see the index. From the index, you'll see the page. And from that page, you'll read that particular word that's what the graph is all about and that's where you know we call it the, uh, the 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 a very important part of the ethereum stack a very important part of the tap stack and and so on yeah so one thing i noticed that you said earlier i wanted to touch on is a beautiful statement you said uh, you were very uh, 
you emphasize this part is we do not care about the price of the token. We only care about the community. And I noticed a tweet the graph said too. Um, it was about two months ago. And someone was talking about, oh, I want this price of oh, this. And the graph straight up said they tweeted at the person. They responded, we are solely, solely focused on community and helping people. And I really think that's the part that uh, for me, that gives me confidence in the coin is because you guys don't care at all about you're focused on just developing the product and providing a service. And usually that's the algorithm for success. Now, I really want to uh, I, I know you're a, a little bit more professional, but a lot of my as uh, you just hinted as at, OK, if you want to use the book analogy, let's take it a step further and compare it to a library because the blockchains are are too vast. So let's talk about about what a subgraph is specifically. Uh, for my audience, because they don't understand the graph and subgraphs. Can you please explain what exactly, from a technical standpoint, a subgraph is for, a let's say, an introductory developer? Like, I'm trying to learn how to develop. What is a subgraph, and how does it uh, pertain to the graph and the blockchain space? Correct, correct. So, graph protocol is, you know, a way to index different, decent, different, different decentralized applications. And if you want to index a particular DAP, you have to deploy a subgraph on the network, right? So that's all about it. To explain this even further, you can say that the graph is a marketplace. You know, the graph protocol is a marketplace and the subgraphs are different, different, you know, I, uh, items in that marketplace that are, uh, that are a part of that particular, the graph, you know, protocol ecosystem, so to say, right? So that's how, you know, you can take this further. And the subgraph is what, if you are a decentralized application, then subgraph is what you will deploy on the uh, the graph you know protocol and that's how you will index that particular decentralized application let's take an example to make it even further clear right we have uniswap subgraph right what that means that in the graph ecosystem in the graph you know whole protocol the whole project uh, uniswap is just one such decentralized application which has created its own subgraph deployed it and you know and it's uh, getting all the information out also for your users i would like to clear that that currently uniswap is hosted on as we are talking the uniswap is you know currently hosted on the uh, is currently live on the hosted service which is the first step towards decentralization you can say it is first of all you deploy it on the hosted service and currently you can say uh, hosted service is a big indexer or a big server where you know you get all the information and that's you can say that that's that's not particularly decentralized but as we are speaking already we we have uh, you know pushed our uh, hosted service we are going live with that but we also have uh, uh, made our network live and already 10 decentralized applications are live on the you know the, that, that particular network having that being said we are you know in the second phase going to move uh, uh, other decentralized applications as well and we are taking this you know impromptu and little little so that the network is there there is decentralization and there is no issues for the dApps that are moving towards the network and utilizing all the infrastructure and all the you know entities that the graph has that includes indexers, curators, and, you know, delegators. We're going to get into that too, yeah. And fishermen as well. Yeah. So, and we will get into that part of the three roles you could serve into the graphs ecosystem. Um, but I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. Number one, can you explain to my audience what an IFPS is? Because you guys work with Ethereum and IFPS, and IFPS works with Ethereum to create a more efficient product in a way. Can you please explain what an IFPS is and how it pertains to the graph? 
correct correct so 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 what you're talking about is ipfs which is IPFS. interplanetary file systems right and what is ipfs again uh, uh, explain it like you are five you can say that currently i have downloaded a photo right and a friend that is just uh, beside me wants that photo as well what he will do he will go to the server in the current mod, uh, way how how will that photo be accessible to him as well he'll go to that uh, particular https IP, uh, and you know then get it and that's a big route there are chances that i'm currently sitting in india and i have to you know route through the servers of Sa- san francisco to get that thing done whereas my friend has already done that particular work right so what is ipfs make it happen that you know uh, if it, it does not search by location it uh, rather searches by the content itself and that's the most most beautiful part which makes hosting and you know uh, providing all these kind of images and st- kind of things in a decentralized fashion right because all the people together act as servers and you just as a person have to you know take take it from any person who has already has that or has hosted that you can also call it the torrent but uh, for you know the web3 ecosystem so in that sense what that means is if i have the photo already downloaded and that friend is sitting near me i am on the ipfs network that guy is on the ipfs network directly both of us interact in a peer to peer fashion and you know make that communication happen why is it called the interplanetary file system let's say you are uh, you know elon musk's thing goes live and you know everybody is reaching the mars everybody is you know switching off earth because after covid 19 some other you know disease has come and never that 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 should never happen god forbid that but let's say something like that happens apocalypse <laughs> happens and everybody you know some of them are moving to the mars right uh, so what will uh, what 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 will be the thing that will be happening we will have all our servers on earth right and the guys will be sitting on mars trying to uh, first of all find electricity and if they find that they will be you know searching the web what will be the latency you believe that the guy will be having for getting the uh, information from earth back to his particular computer with 10 of his friends right that will be something like in the uh, best case 4 minutes and in a worst case it can be something like 90 to 100 minutes he will be getting that particular information so just say i say i and you know after 90 minutes you are listening a i and then you know our interview is continuing for 24 hours or something like that and then you are able to record for 2 minutes or something that's not something which is possible so what ipfs does is that let's say one guy has already done all the work he has got all the information from our you know using his latency and stuff like that now the rest of the people can you know among themselves network via that ipfs uh, thing and make this thing possible as you can see right now all the uh, the uh, all the nodes who are a part take part in this particular information sharing and gathering by content uh, management mechanism this is more so a decentralized uh, way of doing or sharing information and that's where, what you know the graph also uh, uh, you know th- this particular quality of decentralization is what the graph is also here for and that's why whenever you are deploying a subgraph an image uh, or or you know uh, it it goes to the ipfs and a hash is returned to you right that is your registry or that is your storage on the ipfs hash and you can any day query so in a way the subgraph that you have deployed is always uh, you know there because nobody in the world can you know uh, get out of decentralization unless all the people who are running the ipfs nodes switch off their you know nodes which is something which is very much rare to happen um so i wanted to talk about uh, it seems like the ipfs is a kind of like 
a file sharing system in a way in like your files are still, if you have the files publicized that everybody else in the network can see that has access to them. Can you, can you please go in depth? You keep referring to this and I know these are very uh, simple beginner questions, but you keep saying deploying a subgraph while you explain that to me. Can you explain that concept? Cause you explain you deploy a subgraph to receive information. What does that mean? Like when you create it, when you're developing a smart contract, when you deploy a subgraph that doesn't have anything to do with the functions of the smart contract, right? It just indexes information. That's it, right? Is that what you mean by that? Mm -hmm. oh. Correct, correct. So we'll, we'll, we'll go in a much, much more depth to understand this particular concept because this is a very beautiful question. And this is something that the users, you know, who are first using the, uh, the graph might come, you know, or have this particular question, right? So you can say that, that whenever you are deploying your smart contracts, you will also have events in them, right? We'll just take one thing that is events. There are other things also functions and, you know, blocks that we can consider later. But yeah, we can say that, that they will have their own uh, uh, events, right? Every function uh, has an event. So let's say on the smart contract, you call, you have this to-do uh, list, you know, that you have created basic 101 to-do list, right? And you are trying to create a task, right? That has an event associated to it. So whenever you go, go and create a task, the event is fired and that event has some information, right? What the graph does is that it is graph node is keep on listening to that particular event, right? That graph node keeps on listening to that event that that is happening or, you know, what is the information that that particular graph node is, you know, uh, showing. So that event is what the graph node takes in, processes it via the WASM file and, you know, stores it. And whenever, you know, the, uh, a graph, API is created whenever the DAP requires it, it serves it. So this is how this works. Event triggered, you know, uh, the graph node listens to it, indexes it in the fashion that GraphQL API wants it. When the DAP requires that GraphQL API, it directly calls the GraphQL API. Before that, what people used to do, they used to query the blockchain directly, which is not the most, you know, uh, sustainable way possible. Uh, how, well, how does that even and work? And the most user-friendly way. How does that even like? Uh -huh. How would some how would someone query the block? Like, I want my users to really understand what the graph does. If let's say the graph is not present, how would I have to? How would I query the blockchain to find to, for example, to find the information to create a specific tax on my smart contract? Right. So what you'll have to do is one way is you create your own server, right? You create something like the graph itself, which is a big, uh, you know, uh, the, the agent node is a big uh, company, which is empowering the graph and the graph itself, which is a foundation is working on making the graph, you know, uh, uh, all, all the time. Uh, great. Right. You can say that. So, so, so one way is you create your own servers, uh, make sure that dockers are fine. The, 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 you know, all the DevOps that is behind that Kubernetes and all these things are working great. And you keep on uh, listening to the events and, you know, storing them in your decent, uh, in your uh, databases and then, you know, making it uh, available to the DAP that is wanting that particular data, maybe in the future space, right? That's one way out, which is first of all, against the value of, you know, blockchain, which is decentralization, right? Uh, that, that, that's the most important part as well as per Vitalik Buterin, which is, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of that guy, right? So that's, that's one thing. If they, they care about decentralization and we don't have the graph, what people do? If you want to have that 2017, uh, you know, you want to have that particular crypto kitty, which has this color, XYZ red color and yellow color at the bottom and was, uh, you know, uh, became a part after particular, you know, immutization and things like that. How would that person do it? He will have to query every block of the Ethereum blockchain and see if that is the particular transaction 
that created that particular crypto kitty which is i would say a delay of one day or something you know if that guy wants to query it like that so that's again he will have to listen to every you know block that was created every event that was fired you know read through every possible you know uh, 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 puzzle of the blockchain and then make it happen and that's not something that's sustainable and you know possible in that sense so yeah that that's where the graph is one of the most essential part of the stack of web3 okay and i also wanted to touch on because that's a beautiful transition and you said this earlier about how you not only query information from ethereum but you do it with arbitrum and i wanted to ask you in other l2s and this is what i wanted to get into really quickly is what is the difference between querying information on an l1 like ethereum or for example a side chain like polygon or certain l2s like arbitrum can you quickly explain the difference is there that much of a difference from querying information from the l2s to l1s or or is there not so so it totally depends on what kind of l2 it is right it can be uh, something like uh, the one which is evm compatible geth based right for that we didn't have to i'm talking about the core structure or the work behind that's been done right it's something that uh, we are considering but that's that's the first thing that you know if it is evm compatible or not right that that's that's a research part if it's not evm compatible we have to see through that graph node you know how will that query if it is occurring through events or things like that you know starknet which is uh, an l2 right which is a great l2 by the way you know for uh, zero uh, zkps and really great uh, decentralized applications are working on that very very fast right Uh, uh that's 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 what we are looking into so yeah if that's something then you know that's a research part that we are working on and making that particular blockchain also you know to be indexed upon and the second one which is the evm compatible l2s for them like you know it's similar but it's not the same why because ethereum uh, the block time you know the time after which a new block is created on ethereum is something like you know 7 second uh, 7 seconds to something like that part right that that's the average time of creating a block on ethereum on the other hand creating a block or you know uh, the mining of a new block on an l2 might be faster and might be slower and based on that the graph node or the uh, you know or or the rpc url or the archive node which is listening to that particular uh, uh, which the graph is listening to has to you know adjust accordingly so there are some things that we have to take care of and make things possible but having been said that the agenno team and the graph uh, uh, foundation itself have been very much dedicated to this part and we have made it possible to you know uh, uh, query ethereum greatly without an issue as well as the l2s without a problem let's say for example like you know on ethereum uniswap works without an issue without a problem everything goes well right similarly uh, other you know uh, uh, for example foundation and all these you know nft kind of platforms are also there on uh, and querying via the graph and you know that is also never had a problem similarly for polygon we have quick swap we have you know uh, ave gochi all these good great dapps which have great amount of usage because you know if less amount of gas is required you will do more amount of usage and things like that this that is where the retail will be there that is where more amount of queries might be considered has been working at a charm without issue so you think that uh, do you see for for the foreseeable future do you see a lot of um success a bridge kind of between polygons dapps and, and uh, the graph because of its um it's a little bit different than other l2s no if you can quickly go into that before i move on to the graph ecosystem how does working with polygon differ from working with an l2 like arbitrum for example <laughs> 
all right so uh, having you know uh, before starting that part i would again give you a little background of mine uh, before working at the graph i i was the solutions lead at polygon so working at both these organizations has been great because both these organizations have been dedicated to, to decentralization have been dedicated to the future which is web3 and related stuff and talking about between polygon and the graph as different different projects we can say that both the teams understand the value that web3 brings in to the you know the future of internet and that's what really matters because no matter what the infrastructure and how they are being made unless uh, until unless it is decentralized they are ready to make things work accordingly right and what that means is there might be chances because of the frequency for example polygon you know has a block time of 2 seconds that gives the indexer less opportunity uh, or less time to actually you know just listen to that event and then you know qu query to the uh, indexer process the data and you know get it indexed uh, it, it 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 takes less amount of time and that's where you know uh, the graph and the polygon had to work together and you know make things work but having been said that we have used shard uh, shard and you know other technical uh, details to make things work and having that being said it has worked without an issue also i guess you were asking something like you know what's the difference between side chain and uh, commit chain about polygon right so again that's uh, i was a part of polygon and no more but what i can say is polygon is not a side chain right oh. it is it is rather a commit chain totally inclined to the values of ethereum what that means is that you know if if you are uh, uh, if you are a pure side chain you'll have your own nodes everything will be your own and you'll just have a bridge to ethereum right but if you are uh, uh, using polygon what you do is Uh, 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 you are transaction. All your transactions that you are doing are happening on the Polygon network and the Polygon network with its hundred validator eco uh, uh, validator. You know network is checkpointing and pushing towards Ethereum, right? So while you can do your execution on Polygon uh, on on Polygon, you can still verify on Ethereum some bits and parts. So definitely there is some haze. You know what is L1, what is L2, what is the pure side chain, and you know all these kind of things. and you can say that if l2 is the far right and you know the place where we want to reach where we have the full security of ethereum you can say that polygon is like if this is the far far left where we have uh, side chains right and this is the far uh, right where we have something like uh, 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 like you know something like uh, what we call as the the, the uh, arbitrum or yeah. you know optimistic roll ups right that's uh, then 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 we have something in between which is a commit chain where polygon comes in So just to summarize that that was very interesting because I was listening to a podcast called Bankless and they were talking about uh, Polygon and they were saying that Polygon just like you said it's they labeled it as a side chain so I have a question really quickly before we move on Polygon since it's uh since it's kind of its security depends on itself right since the security of Polygon has its own security it's not dependent on Ethereum security is that is that true or not As I was saying that you know you do your transactions on polygon and let's say 256 or uh, you know the block is created then you know and 256 of these blocks are uh, checkpointed and pushed towards ethereum right so all these 256 transactions are you know merkle routed a checkpoint or a merkle head is created and that is pushed towards ethereum right what that means is that some part of your transaction is available on ethereum and let's say if you burn or you know you get a payload from polygon you can uh, you know see that on ethereum and you know you can get your transaction uh, rolled around so i won't say that it is totally having its own security 
but yeah you cannot say it is as secure as something like you know optimistic roll ups or something like that that's that's a beautiful way of saying it so uh, it's not a complete side chain because of its very, uh, tied it's tied to ethereum and how it believe, it's following ethereum's lead in a way but um in a way uh you also said that it's not all the way an optimistic roll up because it is its own ecosystem has its own in a sense security but not all the way so the way you said it is on a spectrum if this side yeah. is all side chains and this side is all optimistic roll ups people keep trying to put polygon on one end but the truth of the matter is it's in the middle and i i, I like that that was a very beautiful way of explaining that made me understand it better and i want to get into the part i've been most excited about about this interview is the graphs ecosystem i think that is one of the most interesting things because it's very open and accessible to anybody anybody like me what is can you explain the three roles anybody can play in eat in the graphs ecosystem as a curator a delegator or an indexer sir correct correct sure so graphs no a uh, graphs as you know as, as the blockchain technology itself is open source as the web3 uh, ethos call it so is an open source thing you can go to github you know clone the graph node repository run it locally and make it work so that's been taken care of regarding the graph network you know that's been created and already 10 decentralized applications have been most moved towards the, the the network that you know includes really good and awesome dapps what you can uh, 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 be is that you know there are certain kind of roles in that network right that you can be a part of one is indexer you can be a curator you can be a delegator you can be also be a arbitrator and a fisherman right the last two we'll not discuss so much because you know they are still being planned upon and the first uh, the, the, you know graph town hall which happened which all, always happens on youtube definitely uh, you know suggest you to check that out uh, was on that particular thing so you can you know just check that out and uh, hear about that but the 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 the, the previous three a, that is the de- delegator the curator and the de- indexers are really like you know something that we have to understand and since you as a listener uh, ha, uh, you know uh, being wanting to be a part of the network wanting to be involved you know in this whole web3 revolution where we have you know the the, the future of curation the fu- future of indexing the future of you know what we call as what we call you know always call as the future of google <laughs> that is the graph uh, you can be a part of how you can be a part of you can be an indexer which is a technical role you know which requires a great amount of infrastructure building and things like that so the what does the indexer do there so as i was saying that you know the subgraphs are deployed on the network right so these subgraphs have to be indexed the information that the smart contracts that are listed in the subgraphs that are you know entering all the time for example there is a decentralized application you know and certain kind of function is being triggered right so when a, when a function is triggered right the information is uh, uh, taken from that and from that information has to be stored somewhere right that's what the indexer does right so that's the part of indexer that's a technical role and you know you can, can you repeat that part are, can you, you repeat have... that part the part where you just said the indexer sure. has to do something can you repeat that one part please sure sure so you know you can say that the uh, the uh, the decentralized application that's created that's keep on you know that keeps on uh, interacting right and there are certain kind of functions that are triggered every function has an event to it and every event has some information that information has to be stored somewhere and that is stored in the indexer infrastructure that is there right the indexer node you call it right so the, the the indexer is actually storing that information that the smart contract or that that particular decentralized application is whenever he interacts with that particular user is incurring with okay so that's the first part the information storage part is what indexer takes care of second one is the curator 
curator with you know having some grt just signals which particular subgraph to index the graph protocol is a market of subgraphs you have you know you uh, in the future when everything is migrated to the network you will have thousands of uh, you know uh, subgraphs created how do you uh, identify how an indexer identifies that you know this is the particular subgraph i should in- index this is the one the, which i should not index how do you identify that that's possible via the curator signal curator is a developer he can be a developer he, has, he can be a subgraph developer might not be that that much into devops and you know all these kind of things that are required to make uptime and node and things like that but he can be a web3 evangelist as well which believes in a particular decentralized application so what he does by being a network part of the network he just signals with his grt to a particular subgraph that you know this this subgraph is something that one should index right and that's how the indexer comes to knows that you know this this has good amount of curator value this has a great you know uh, signaling and so i should index this particular subgraph so that's the role of a curator uh, the third one yeah. is the delegator yeah the delegator is uh, you can say that you know he 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 just uh, delegates his tokens to indexer to be a part of it uh, not very much technical but yeah uh, to be involved in the in the network and you know to observe some kind of things for example you are betting on a particular indexer which is you know going to have its own behavior you have to be very active on discord and see which particular indexer really cares about the project and is here for decentralization web3 and you know is really concerned of indexing of blockchain and you know in the in a decentralized fashion and uh, who is not so you, uh, to be involved in that particular network i would say delegator is also a great part to start with you know if you if you if you cannot do the rest yeah so so you just described you said as a delegator and i found this very interesting you help the indexers by you know uh, lending them your tokens correct yeah. so explain to me the process of how does that work how does an ind- why does an indexer need the grt tokens to do what he needs to do awesome awesome so you know so there are indexer rewards you know associated uh, in the network right so what happens is that an indexer can uh, you know get a particular reward otherwise you know if, if uh, so there are slashing mechanism again something that i would suggest you to the, uh, uh, go through our uh, you know the graph uh, youtube page and uh, read that uh, town hall that happened where we had arbitrators and you know you can be slashed if you are not doing the right thing then you know behaving maliciously but to prevent that you need to have a skin in the game right the indexer needs to have a skin in the game otherwise he can just you know uh, proceed with some else or false information and that false information can cause a lot of chaos just think about it that you know the info.uniswap page has some information which you know for example it lists that ethereum is at $1 everybody will be going crazy and when they purchase it it will be something else right so information is something which does uh you can call it it, it does relate to a person's uh, uh, you know uh, what we call as uh, uh, what what you know and vitalik described as uh, legitimacy right and information has to somewhere relate to legitimacy and if you have the skin in the game then only you are legitimate right and the skin in the game is uh, 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 is provided by the indexers you know whatever in uh, uh, okay so you call it like that that the reward that the indexer gets is somewhat i won't go into much detail that you know there is a rebate pool then then you know there is a inflation of 3% that the graph is always occurring through but you can call it that you know the reward that an indexer gets for indexing a particular subgraph is proportional 
to the amount of stake that the indexer has in the network right and similarly you know to increase its stake it it will have delegators and to you know to have some attractive schemes you know for that for the delegators to index to the indexer more the grt is, uh, is 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 process or is available for the indexer more he can get the reward right if it is not that excessive one is to six issue if it is maintained uh, as of today in the network then it is something that is great to go with right so if that's uh, that's that's conquered upon it's good to go with so just to have more stake in the network he will have some attractive schemes right then uh, the indexer will have some attractive schemes like i will uh, uh, for example if i am an indexer i would say that you know i will uh, give my 30% of whatever reward i get to the delegator or something like that that attracts the delegate uh, that attracts the delegator and things like that so that's how an indexer functions and more the stake it stake it has uh, you know the more chances he has or the more reward he will actually you know get occurring through and this is all you know not uh, this is all related to the legitimacy that vitalik you know described in his one of the blogs that you know more the skin you have in the game the more you know better information is what you will so so number one i actually uh, read skim through that document and i actually watched an entire episode on the legitimacy of uh, vitalik's legitimacy argument and i think that is the key concept of decentralization you know it's funny that <clears throat> i live in las vegas and you're probably you're very in depth in this blockchain space you're surrounded by these people whereas i'm surrounded by normal people and they always people always come up to me and ask me and you're going to laugh at this like what is the point of nfts and they don't understand when i respond with legitimacy they don't understand the value of that word because right now there is no legitimacy if the government wants to say something it's there it's we don't have any say we have nothing what this does is kind of harvest data it, it puts our data makes it public public and accessible it makes everything legitimate it makes everything but legitimate legitimacy is basically given to it's kind of like an intangible force you know it takes a group of people to really really believe in it to make it tangible and that is really what blockchain is so i'm going to end this uh conversation with one question to you what do you think the future of web 3.0 is because i think you and i share this similar philosophy in life of Web 3.0 really is the future. It's the answer. Um, what do you see in terms of its impact on society? How far do you see this thing going? Definitely, one thing, and again, being a very big fan of Bankless podcasts and related things, I definitely, you know, have the same same feeling as you do, as every guy who is, you know, tearing his sweat in this Web 3 ecosystem is going, is that he believes in decentralization. He believes in permissionlessness. if somebody wants to do something on the internet he should be allowed to do that and that is only possible if we have decentralization in the ecosystem if we have direct say of people who are interacting with the protocol in the ecosystem and that is beautifully being portrayed by certain kind of platforms certain kind of innovation certain certain kind of kind of devs working on certain kind of protocols right and what you right, right now quoted upon that is nfts is just one example or just one application that web3 just has discovered and there are different different or let's say thousand different things still to come upon in 2000 or you know 1990 somewhere internet you know, was uh, was something i would say it was available but it was discovered right similarly web3 is discovered with satoshi nakamoto making that innovated and things like that right so 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 like similarly web, uh, web uh, uh, in 1990 is what discovered at that point in time 
people just use web to to you know have this html very scrappy looking websites to just you know statically show information it does, did not have anything related to finance or you know very intimate connections nowadays facebook is just you know getting your information storing it and doing things which you don't like right and that's 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 the amount of involvement that web2 currently has now let's consider that web3 is discovered in 2008 somehow but i would say in 2015 because i also believe in ethereum i also believe in flipping and all these kind of things but yeah so i would say web3 discovered in 2015 and 2015 is the time when something like you know uh, legitimacy also revolved around icos came into picture legitimacy was you know broken apart by many people who just gained through stuff and you know that was how the hype cycle was created 2017 saw you know that particular legitimacy playing a really great role where many people blindly just because of you know having some 2x 3x of their values invested in some things without understanding the whole concept of decentralization which has the power of uh, you know which which has the power to change the world but it does involve that ruler or that you know that that concept of legitimacy right the decentralized app world might not give you the blue tick that twitter has but you have to understand that you know which particular twi- uh, project is genuine which particular project is not based on what you know uh, what what values it shares as per vitalik the three uh, you know the, the three parts of triangle that is uh, decentralization security and scalability right how do they make that happen and that's how you know in 2017 with erc20 tokens with this whole concept of tokenization this you know web3 just started and you know that was the first discovery in the web3 ecosystem and that that had many many different applications which were i won't say fully but i would say 30 to 40% exhausted in 2020 with coming of defi with coming of this bankless ecosystem where people could you know just store money lend it and you know whenever they want to get it back they can do that right that was the first application that was when people realized what banks are doing wrong with us what dollar did wrong with us by inflation and you know making us poor that was the first step and making things happen and similarly is the case with non fungible tokens what people just see is that you know one red square box created by uh, a very famous you know artist getting sold in 1 million dollars i don't you know really remember the name of the artist but he's a very famous i remember uh, that too. i know nft artist about. yeah 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 so 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 you know sold for 1 million dollars they just see that and they believe it is senseless what they don't know is what message the person who was buying that 1 million dollar red you know red 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 square was actually you know portraying to the uh, to the audience he wanted to have web3 as you know as as headlined as web2 it wanted to have the big buy, big guys attention in the web3 ecosystem that it has arrived right definitely at first people will think it is something for hippies right but in the future when they realize that non fungible token is the only way to own self sovereignly own a particular asset on the internet they will realize that this is really big right now if you own something that is 10% owned by you 90% owned by google because yeah. you signed up via google account right but when you move to a web3 space when you move towards decentralization when we move towards the web 3.0 right 
self sovereignty permissionlessness decentralization are the kind of things are your, your data that you are you know uh, interacting are some things you will value the most well i have a question and then a question. question sorry to interrupt what happens to google what happens to google and amazon when web 3.0 gets you do they still play a big part in your opinion i i would say that you know every 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 person has its part and every person has to expire as things progress right if people change you know they move forward if they don't if they keep doing the malicious activities that they have been doing then they fade apart fade apart there have been we had nokia in mobiles right then they 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 refuse to change they refuse to be touch screen they refuse to follow the trend they refuse to understand the need of users how does google but how does google adapt hopefully how does google can you give me an example similarly huh, huh? so similarly I, i won't go into specifics of how they can make things work but if you know they 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 stop that or or i'm not sure if they're doing it even right but if they stop if they make users the ultimate winners or they the data that the users are giving is something that is owned by them and not by you know the google servers or something like that that's where you know they might start getting improved upon right and that's something which they any enterprise that. if you talk about won't do that yeah and the reason behind that is they are behind dollars we are behind the next phase of internet right if you talk about these web3 people you will you 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 will see that they they are they are different right they they are hippies they make raps on the stages correct and the the, the next internet can only be envisioned by these kind of people who don't go by the books they believe in what the users really need they have seen what wrong that's currently happening why are these enterprises these banks these you know these these kind of smart contracts uh, not uh, sorry to say that these kind of contracts the lawyers have and things like that right and that can only be challenged by web3 and only possible with this whole ecosystem that's been developed and i believe the graph is playing a major part in it by indexing this web3 can i have a question for you let's give let me give you a hypothetical right 10 years from now we are deep in web3 full adoption crypto everywhere do you believe the graph will one day be able to be as accessible for people who have no coding or tech knowledge like you know how on google i can just load up a screen and look up uh um for example finance and finance links will come up Do you believe the graph as web 3.0 makes its way like deep into the society do you believe the graph will kind of uh, simplify its not that it's for its interface and kind of make it more t- tailored to everyone not just developers Correct correct that's a, again a great question and I would again you know make it very very you know question uh, uh, again this is something that I'll explain by example right so you search on google right the web application the web interface they have given do you actually see the algorithms or the apis behind that that are working upon it no sir you don't do that you just see the web front end that's created right similarly the dapps that the graph points to right the dapps that use the decentralized api that's created by the graph is what is the future right so when i say that the graph is the uh, google of blockchain what i really mean is that it will empower 
the front ends that create the future of google it empower it gives the information you know which is required for querying that particular blockchain and who knows right you know uh, agent node uh, and uh, with with all these kind of things make things happen but yeah that's not something that you know i can comment on but yeah as i was saying that the graph is the infrastructure which will create the google of web3 so you're not saying it, it won't happen there one day but you're kind of describing it as is google is just for anybody to look up any information on any topic whereas the graph is for someone to create something you know to really push the space forward that's why it gives you all the information behind the link so i really wanted to one more question um because you worked at polygon this has been something that's been interesting to me we just got off a big talk about decentralization and i'm a big fan of polygon i think it is one of the most in innovative protocols this year and it is led i know you it's not a strictly l2 but it has really led the l2 charge in my opinion so but i've heard a, a recent uh, criticism of it and i'm very confused from a tech standpoint the multi-sig how you need five of eight the multi-signatures and it's uh someone i heard on twitter uh, labeled it as a little bit uh, cent centralized can you go in detail what that eight a five out of eight votes for the multi-sig is what that means um, and to really uh combat those centralized accusations for polygon correct so so like you know again i work at the graph now right and i'm i'm a, I'm a part of that their ecosystem i am nowhere you know endorsing or not endorsing polygon in any sense but i believe as i have worked in the team i believe they care about ethereum they care about decentralization they believe that you know uh that 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 decentralization and web3 is the way forward right and there are some things in the infrastructure they have to work upon to make things happen right and something in the interim to make things even you know work for example if you talk about total decentralization scalability and you know security that was only possible with eth 2.0 that was not possible with eth 1.0 you know their scalability was lacking in eth 1.0 so what vitalik did you know he 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 made eth eth 1.0 you know observed it found what changes are required accepted that in eth 2.0 and started working in its you know future that being said you know there were some things that had to change in the road map there are many people who get frustrated by saying that you know oh eth 2.0 is never coming and thing like that dude you just look at the things eth 2.0 has to conquer upon you know sharding and all those kind of tough tough concepts that it has to work upon you know if it if 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 eth 2.0 was created by an enterprise company you know a normal enterprise company it would have taken at least 5 centuries to create it all right it is just created by these values of web 3.0 the people who are driven by it and that's why it is you know anyways possible in 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 a few years but you can say that you know as eth 2.0 was getting developed from eth 1.0 there were certain kind of road map changes that you know they have to work upon so right now what's the what, what's the current road map they have eth 2.0 plus layer 2s making scale, uh, scalability right when eth 2.0's idea was proposed it was like you know uh, it will have most amount of scalability and you will just require eth 2.0 to make, to make things work right so that's what differentiates polygon that you know in 2017 when it saw that you know there are some issues and similarly the graph saw that there, there are some infrastructure that is what ethereum needs you know they started working upon it right and they kept on improving in their road or their way out similarly polygon listening to things is is building its infrastructure and you know accordingly will roll its way out depending on the 
market or depending on you know whatever uh, uh, criticism or whatever it is you know get, currently getting and if you just go ahead uh, go ahead and follow sandeep and mihalo i more than me they are the right person to answer this this kind of question right they 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 answer it to the very crux but i have you know answered it in no, my goal is to interview because... my, my goal is to interview mihailo i've been following him on instagram you know i'm pl- on twitter i mean i'm playing it but i'm not one of those annoying people i'm playing it smart i have to earn my stripes you know i have to earn my respect first but sure. yeah, that's, that's definitely a goal of mine like i i de- genuinely respect that and what you said earlier is what i noticed is they're outspokenly they're believers in ethereum like they are team ethereum uh solely so um, I'm going to let you go. But before I let you go, Mr. Pranav, can you give me a one year goal of yours for the graph? Uh, if I were to have another conversation with you in a year, what would you say would be a, a goal of yours for the graph a year from now? So, so like, you know, just to say uh, currently, as you were saying, right, many developers currently have to create, you know, subgraphs, which might take some, you know, some, some, I'm saying my goal, I'm not saying the company's agent nodes goal or the graph foundation goal. I'm saying my goal at the graph would be like something like, you know, as, as of now, people have to create subgraphs. Now they face a certain kind of issues and they, I would say that's again, written in docs and things like that and make it work. But still. I would make subgraphs a part of the Ethereum stack as blindly as, you know, solidity is like, if you want to make a, a, a decentralized application, you need to know the Ethereum stack that might include Chainlink in the future, but that will include the graph in the future in, in the next one year. So if you are envisioning a decentralized application that is incomplete without the graph, and that's what my goal is. I actually viewed that as 100% believable. I actually was already, I believed in that from the start. This is the first of many in-depth looks into the graph. One of my favorite protocols, One, some something I've been dying to cover. Um, you described beautifully the three parts that make up the graph and how it works, the three roles, the ecosystem, um, how it interacts with L2s and um, Polygon, which is in the middle. It's not a side chain nor an L2, but yeah, that concept uh, in general. And we went over decentralization and the future of Web 3.0. So I genuinely want to thank you, Mr. Pranav. Um, thank you for your time. I know that you, I saw that you speak, spoke at Bitcoin Miami. Is that true? Oh, uh, no. I, I, I speak at NFT NYC. I'm going to speak, you know, very, very soon. Before when is that? that? I've spoken, I've spoken at uh, October. Okay. See, I'm my, currently my, stuck in India. <laughs> no, no. My goal <laughs> is to... My goal is to definitely speak at one of these conferences one day. I keep seeing you guys like, oh, Mr. Pranav speaking at this. Oh, Mr. Stanley speaking <laughs> at this. Like, that's just a goal of mine. But I genuinely uh, wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Podcasts are a great way to, you know, get, get things going because you live in Vegas. You have a great NFT audience, right? They have to be introduced to the graph. They have to introduce the infrastructure and things like that. And me being at Polygon was the most outspoken person. All the time in the quarantine, I was out there. In institutes, I was even a, you know, a lecturer for, you know, I won't say a lecturer, but a guest faculty for a prominent institute in India, making Web3 possible, right? <laughs> so my, my, my personal goal is to make Web3 the Web2 of future. Do you that think is it will be? It everybody, will be. yeah, it, it is something which is inevitable, but with catalysts like you and me, it can be, you know, accelerated if it would have happened in 2000, let's say, you know, 40, it will happen at 2000, you know, I have a question. Like I have a question for you. Let's say I, I'm very passionate. I want to learn about coding on, on, I want to learn how to code on Ethereum. Where would you send me? If I asked, where would you recommend I start to learn? 
dap university start with dap university dap university the best, best best in yeah yeah you learned is that where you learned uh, that was my starting then you know i actually i was more of you know i started in 2017 so i started with bitcoin paper uh, white paper then i started with you know ethereum yellow paper and you know many many why, many why, to continue why so, do you believe that why uh, do you be- you said earlier that you believe in the flipping and i'm a big ethereum bull because i watch bankless probably i'm very big on bank so it's hard to not <laughs> not be big on ethereum i've kind of reached this point where i don't and i want i need since you're like more knowledgeable i just don't respect bitcoin like i should i think i i just don't i think the people that advocate for bitcoin are just hype trend people that just are looking to make money and they're not really looking to push this space forward and it really grinds my gears when i hear people just talk and talk about bitcoin do you like believe in bitcoin's uh future like that or do you believe it is just another version of gold uh, i would say that you know there so 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 i won't say i'm totally convinced if bitcoin will be the future but you know every 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 assets that's created has a value right in the physical world you know there are companies and then there are assets gold and silver are assets they have their own value company has their own value you can't expect gold to become productive right you can't expect gold to start producing things it is just an ornament which people respect and care and they want to you know let's say wear it or just keep it for themselves yeah right bitcoin is something like that on the other hand there are companies which are productive assets which do work and you know then get things out of the way that is what ethereum and you know graph and all these uh, protocols are so they work they develop they have an or- uh, organization dedicated to themselves you know where they are working very seriously to make push forward web 3's desire and you know make 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 uh, make make web 3 the near future right everything on the internet so to say even we interacting via metaverses by this you know something like a decentral land and things like that so that's been done by the companies or the protocols they have their own value they have their own stuff bitcoin has its own stuff on the internet but it is not like you know we can respect one or we can disrespect another all have their own position but because of this positioning i won't say bitcoin is the gold i would say bitcoin is an asset where as the protocols that we have like ethereum graph polygon all these are productive companies right that's where it actually belongs but if you talk about if bitcoin is going to be the ultimate asset i would say i don't know because when ethereum flips bitcoin and mind me i'm saying when not you know if so <laughs> when ethereum flips bitcoin you know bitcoin is bitcoin is uh, the most talked about the first the institutionally invested because it's the first and the top most uh, cryptocurrency once it gets to second people won't like it yeah and it will not start losing its value but ethereum and the productiveness of the whole ecosystem will start gaining its value and even bitcoin will get benefited from it why because it is an asset to the same infrastructure or the same class where ethereum and the other productive protocols and assets belong uh, protocols and you know uh, infrastructures belong to but what about so sovereign believe me is also fun yeah what what about sovereign which is kind of introducing a, a defi simulation on bitcoin bitcoin that pro- like what if like there's new like uh, influencers do you have you heard of sovereign i'm i'm not, i'm not sure of that but uh, i think you're talking about like you know bitcoin becoming a productive asset yeah 
right uh, where where it starts producing things so if you try try to reinvent the wheel if you start trying to do some things which that particular thing is not made up of then you destroy the whole ecosystem i believe right i won't say sovereign is doing the wrong thing it might be doing the most correct thing ever i really want to believe that but as for me i'm just talking about my views i believe bitcoin is an asset and it is created to become an asset you can make a mining factory right that is a productive asset but what is it it is mining the ore that it is mining will always remain an asset it won't change the view of that asset in the world so i hope you are understanding this i do i am i am i am i'm uh, completely analogy. understanding i have one more question i cannot believe i forgot to ask you this question um so we can continue this recording as well like you know you can make it two hours or something if you want no i'm going to i'm just going to cut off that little part where you said is it still recording then i'll i'll add this part in but does what do you think of of does the switch from proof of work consensus mechanism to a proof of stake consensus mechanism for ethereum does that impact the graph in any way no it does not the reason behind that is ethereum you know as an infrastructure as more decentralization and as more legitimacy and these kind of things roll out you know that's great for ethereum itself and we are pairing every other blockchain right that that that, that has those kind of values which is decentralization and you know web3 and those kind of uh, envisionings and values right so our role as an indexer is to give the dapps that are using that particular blockchain the information in quickest the correctest in the most decentralized way possible right what that particular infrastructure is doing right uh, to make things even more decentralized and things like that that's great we'll support all of that right but as i was saying how fundamentally the graph works is that you know the smart contracts are there there are events which are fired right and that's that is what is listened by the graph node right so that won't change unless they change that you know we don't have to change the infrastructure but we support anything which makes decentralization you know possible and even better and that's why we also have graph grants and you know things like that and also we uh, can you explain graph grants can you, you know? can you explain that concept of what the graph grants are please sir so 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 like you know graph uh, foundation gives grants to people like you know even i am not a great uh, person to talk about that you should interview eva for that or you know even ping her about uh, what is graph grants and you know how this thing works but in a in a in a in a, in a broader sense graph grants is uh, is 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 rather what what you can call it you know as as a token or as something like a financial help to uh, uh, for for people who really care about the graph project who really care about you know decentralization and related uh, things and make graph uh, more educationally active like for example the graph academy and things like that you know to even increase the uh, the, the influence of graph as a decentralized indexer which it is right to make those kind of things and to even you know build the the, the future you know that's what i have a question grants does i have a question yeah. for you because i just thought of something really in- innovative um So I'm I'm a marketer so you're a developer I'm a marketer so I I what I focus on is what can I do to generate attention and for I was really like I I was learning how to build websites on this platform called Webflow last year and you basically it's a non-coding platform it gives you the same capabilities as coding but without coding 
um, for Web 2.0 website building. But what was cool about this that drew my in is they had a class, an academy that taught me how to create the website. And it was very fun. Do you think there's ever going to be a situation where the graph creates like an academy for coders? And that might attract it more. Sure. So, so as, as I was saying that the graph is a foundation, which whose, you know, main vision is to make the, the Web3, you know, accessible to the people to make Web3 great to, you know, have the graph protocol index Web3 and, you know, make things possible uh, in that sense and uh, to lead that front. And to make that particular vision of it's possible, it is providing financial help. That is what Graph Grants is, right? And that does involve development on the Graph protocol, you know, submitting some PRs, you know, making uh, making some, some kind of testing frameworks that, you know, many dev shops like Protofire and all these people are making. And also making Graph accessible to developers. And that's what the Graph Academy, which is one, you know, uh, that is not even related to the Graph Foundation or Agent Node as a company is. The Graph Academy is an individual thing, which, you know, a lover of the graph has created and you know the graph foundation is just helping them professionally so you can just go to the graph uh, the graph academy and even learn about uh, you know how how that thing works you can go to graph docs and see how things work it is just a, a different source you know just to understand something just to have another view or have a different you know literature to understanding the graph protocol and developing upon it Okay, this is a hypothetical question. I'm going to ask you a little bit personal between you and I. Do you think for me personally, I'm, I'm, I've recently found some, a little bit more traction with the show. I've been doing it for since September. And since I made the switch to crypto NFTs this, earlier this year, my show starting been starting to get some uh, traction. I was going to ask you if, do you believe from your word of, you know, I, this is just between you and I, do you think I should apply to certain, some of, because I heard Uniswap's doing this too. And I'm a big DeFi guy. Do you think I should apply to some of these grant programs? Um, I know Bankless did that. Do you think that's an opportunity for me as I as the show gets bigger later on? Oh yeah, sure. This is this is another great opportunity, right? Uh, this is something that uh, I believe the gra graph grants that are given are uh, graph grants or any kind of grants that are given in the decentralized infrastructure are to promote Web3, right? Nothing more than that, nothing less than that. So if as long as you are being a part of that particular, you know, infrastructure, it would be great to go with. Um, That's very interesting. Do you know, so I just researched this online on their website. Sorry, can you repeat? Yeah, I, I could just research graph grants on their website. On your website. Yeah, sure. You can you can do that. As long as your intention is great, which is to make Web3, you know, accessible and things like that, you know, you are, you're, you're, you're a great candidate. And you we keep looking for people like you. Who, no, you I, know, I, I honestly, motivated. Mr. Pranab, I honestly will say this. Like, I genuinely believe Web3 has created my thesis. You know, I feel like I found my perfect life ethos. You know, I feel like um, for me, the first time in my life where I ever felt like, my eyes went up and I was like, okay, I got to dedicate my entire life to this was when my, one of my friends came to my house and talked to me about NFTs a couple months ago, four or five months ago. And ever since then, I've been nonstop oh, yeah. reaching out to people. So I, I just, I, for me, I guess one thing I noticed, I, I really like, you know, I, I really like your, you know, what you were saying that I keep traveling Tegan and Tegan, you know, <laughs> just connected me to you because uh, like, like, you know, you, you are, you're a great hustler, right? And we need people like you in the Web3 space. 
Bankless was created by people like you know you who were hustlers who knew how to talk and things like that. Cool man, yeah. And I really believe that's that's possible. And you living in Vegas can even make it work even you know in a, in a better fa- fashion. You have to understand more innovative ways than podcasts to make things things you know even clearer for you. For example, you can do these kind of you know street interviews or you know have these kind of Vegas academies because Vegas is crazy, right? People come here to be, uh, do crazy stuff. you can do something in the nft space in vegas and people really like it the reason behind that is nft is crazy vegas is crazy they both club together to make things work i'm just giving you one idea right so this particular thing combined with you know some some kind of protocol or some kind of you know even ethereum foundation can help you with that right because what you're doing nfts is a great way to make web2 web3 accessible to people who don't know web3 right so as long as you are doing that you are making noise as long you are as you are making noise you are a great asset to the web3 ecosystem do you how do you so again uh, okay, again so like you know just to let you know web3 is like you know we are all in it right we are all in it together we just have to make sure that the other people who are not in it are in it in the future right that's how it works that's my goal is i i want to bring people for me and i'm going to be very straightforward a lot of b- parts about defi um as great as it sounds to a financial uh, investor anybody in finance you know defi sounds like the the revolution you know a god-given gift but for people who have no interest in finance uh i feel like nfts are the bridge into this industry because nfts just like you said in the show they represent anything on the blockchain it's not just art the art's the visual part the real infrastructure the real beautiful part of nfts i think comes later on i think we're in the middle of that now the art hype is dying down and now we're exploring use cases avatars collectibles if you've noticed board 8 yacht club um there's nft collection i interviewed the head of marketing at sandbox and he said something that i'm going to do for my collection they bought land and built a club in sandbox and you cannot enter that land it's via code unless you have the token in your wallet and i think that's just outstanding um thank you so much mr yeah. pranav i'm going to let you go now just because i do have to get to work in a sec but um sure thank you so much for this interview i will let you know i'm very grateful for what you just said about the graph grant and stuff um i'm definitely going to look into oh, that oh yeah any 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 suggestions for you like you know what what changes should we do to make like you know for me to make things work even better can i dm can i text you on telegram do you mind if i ever you know if i ever have a question can i send you a message on telegram oh yeah yeah sure sure don't worry you can do that do, uh, again if you want to learn anything the web, web3 space i will respond as per you know my timings but i will do respond because i respond to every dm that i get on no i know i'm very DM. well aware i'm aware that you your time is necessary i'm not going to bother you like that i know people's time is valuable so i'm aware <laughs> of that yeah so yeah don't don't worry like it's not valuable but it's just that you know i i answer in you know some sometimes so don't worry on that anything you know you can bother me for that 